Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Flea Flicker. I'm your host, John Murray, and uh, welcome you, welcome you back. I guess I really shouldn't say evening because it's here 11, 11.51, basically almost a new day is upon us. Maybe I should readjust, <laughs> readjust that or re-say that a little differently. But any, anyway, any event, uh, for those viewers that have been with been with you since day one. I want to welcome you back to the pod, back to my podcast, and hope you uh, enjoyed this episode, and uh, hope you continue to come on back uh, for and for any new time viewers, wherever you are, whether you're here in the states, Canada, United Kingdom, Thailand, wherever the case may be. Uh, I want to welcome you to the show. Uh, tell your friends as a do. Do me a favor, tell your friends about this podcast, tell your next door neighbors, tell you can tell your dog and cat if they're available and listen to the uh listen to this podcast. But for those first time viewers, I want to say welcome to the podcast and hope you like it and I hope you get a chance to uh you know come on back. In the event, there's a lot of stuff to discuss, a lot of how can I say that? It's hard to say it's a lot of great games. Yesterday, well, yesterday and also Saturday. A lot of great games, a lot of discussions, uh, some great football played by the teams that were involved in the playoffs, some plays that might be questionable, uh, some that are, mm, some that uh, were just unbelievable to say the least. Um, what can you say about the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and Buffalo Bills? Man, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. A great game, a great game, a lot of great respect for those two teams. And well, we'll we'll get we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Cincinnati Bengals upset victory over the Tennessee Titans and the Cincinnati Bengals. First time I believe in the AFC Championship game since what 1990, I believe. It's amazing. It's an amazing story that the Cincinnati Bengals were one of the worst teams in the league for years and years, and now they're at this point where they're in the AFC Championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we'll talk about the Green Bay Packers getting bounced out of the playoffs again and what the future holds for the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers continue right along to surprise everybody, surprise the Dallas Cowboys, now they've surprised the Green Bay Packers. And we'll talk about the the LA Rams who have reached the NFC Championship game with Matthew Stratford, a man who gets a man who people still criticize. But now Matthew has at least got him to the NFC Championship game. If he can win this coming Sunday, can you see Matthew Stratford in the Super Bowl? It is very possible. The Rams, they do play the San Francisco Burnhouse very well. So it'll be very interesting if Matthew Stratford can take that next step and get them to the Super Bowl. Because if he can get into the Super Bowl and even possibly win it, well, that trade will look like the greatest thing since sliced bread, would, would it not? But... Before we do all that, we will, as we will go in order as how they were played this week, as we will discuss discuss the discuss the games. Uh, and of course, if we get a chance in this episode, we'll talk about rumors buzzing around. The rumors that you know Aaron Rodgers yet once again he says he will continue to play football 
But will it be a Green Packers or will it be another ball club? We will discuss that. And we'll discuss something that's coming out now. Will Tom Brady finally, finally hang it up? That is something that has been discussed. The rumors going around. Uh, Tom Brady has not denied, come out and denied that. He is telling everybody that he will sit down with his family and he will discuss it to see what is best. Uh, Tom Brady is coming off of a career year. And I'm sure Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are disappointed that they cannot advance in the NFC Championship and have a chance to repeat as Super Bowl champions. But, again, as, everybody, as any NFL team can tell you or any NFL organization can tell you, it is hard to repeat as champions. It simply is. Uh, we will also discuss that there is a word group. We will discuss a couple more things if we get a chance. There is a buzz going around in New Orleans now that will will Sean Payton be back next year to coach the New Orleans Saints? That's a word that's now going around, and that's a very interesting possibility. We'll try to get into discussion of Mike McCartney. Stephen Jones gave him his blessing, but now Jerry Jones has doubts. So we will see if we can get, get into all of this in this podcast, uh, the New York Giants, they've hired a new general manager coming from the Buffalo Bills organization and what that could mean to the offensive coordinator, Brian Driscoll, who is the offensive coordinator currently for the Buffalo Bills, or what he could, or will Leslie Frazier be the next coach of the New York Giants could happen. Not saying it's going to happen right this second, but don't be surprised if that ends up happening. Happening if he gets one of those two in. Uh, my educated guess is, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that uh, Brian will more than likely. If he does, I got this gut feeling that he may get the job, just because the offense might need more help than the defense. Again, that's just a thought. That's something that. Just a guess, an educated guess. But we'll see. Like I said, we'll see if we can get into all of that, all of that. But where do we? But where do we begin? We will start with the Cincinnati Bengals. Since they were the first game, and then Tennessee Tennessee Titans. There's so many variables to look at in this game. Uh, again, I have to give. Joe Burrow is due. I mean, Joe Burrow played. Joe Burrow played a a great game. Or played a fine game against the Tennessee Titans. The biggest concern. The biggest concern of me was, again, they only scored nineteen points against Tennessee. Now Tennessee's defense has been up. It's been down, up and down. It is a concern they only scored nineteen points against them. I thought maybe they could do a little bit more. But Joe Burrow did what he had to do. And Joe had a good game. Joe threw for 300-plus yards. But the biggest takeaway I had from that whole game was the Cincinnati's offensive line was was disappointing. They allowed Joe to get sacked nine different times. Now, trust me, if it was the Chicago, if it was 85 Bears defense or the great Baltimore Ravens defenses or even Tampa Bay defenses where you had Derrick Brooks, Warren Sapp, Rondé Barber, 
Barrett Brooks and company and company, do you really believe? Yeah, they would have probably sacked. They would have sacked uh, Joe Burrow maybe twenty times. To me, that's a concern. That is something that must get cleaned up. I told a friend of mine from work. I said if the Buffalo Bills had a one with their defense, they would have sacked Joe fifteen or sixteen times. But unfortunately, Buffalo did not get there. And we'll again we'll discuss we'll discuss Buffalo, and we'll discuss the Kansas City game here shortly. But the Cincinnati Bengals, I mean, Joe Burrow played well. Uh, Jamar Chase, they've got over 100 receiving yards. The Tennessee Titans could not stop Jamar Chase. Uh, Joe Mixon had a pretty had a pretty decent game. He didn't have spectacular numbers, but Joe played well, played well enough. The offense didn't play bad at all, really, but it only got 19 points. Again, that's a concern to me. But it wasn't Joe Burrow's fault. Joe had a good game. Like I said, it is a concern that the offensive line did not play well at all. And that's going to be a concern moving forward going into the AFC Championship game. But the biggest takeaway I had from this whole thing is quite simply this. And I'm going to be honest with the Bengals fans. And yes, I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan. I've said that over and over again. My biggest concern is simply this. Cincinnati shouldn't have won the game. And I'm going to be blunt and we'll be honest. Like I said, I'm unbiased. I'm not going to sit there and I'm not going to clap and applaud. I'm going to be harsh. I'm going to be realistic. I'm going to give you reality. Here's the thing. And I know there has been, there has been, you know, I've heard that something came out today that Mike Vrabel's come out and said he does not blame Todd Downing, the offensive coordinator for the, the Tennessee Titans, for anything whatsoever as far as the game, this game strategy went. I would have a problem with it for the simple fact is this, to be honest with you. Yes, I get it. Ryan Tannehill threw for three interceptions, and that's a huge concern. Ryan Taylor had a pretty good year. He's had a the last couple of years has not have not been pretty have Ryan Taylor has played pretty good ball the last two years. This year he did not play well. I get it. I get it that Derrick Henry had Derrick Henry was out from the eighth game of the season on. Julio Jones just got hurt. Julio Jones is not the same guy. AJ Brown got hurt. The weapons, I guess, around Ryan Taylor are not as solid. I mean, if you don't have A.J. Brown, you don't have Julio Jones, it's a huge concern. Now, Foreman, who stepped in for Henry at some point, didn't do a bad job. But going back to the game, the game plan is, very simply put, I'd ran the ball down the Bengals' throat. Now, I get it, the Bengals were ranked, I think, believe, fifth in the NFL in run defense this year, which is which is great. Stopping the run is awesome. That's what you that's what you'd like to do. Now, granted, I know people are gonna say, well, everything has changed. People are throwing the ball more than they're running it. And you're right. To a degree, you're absolutely right about that. But it's an old school, it's an old school philosophy, an old school theory. You want to stop the running game. Now, in this situation is Cincinnati wanted to stop the running game because they wanted to put the ball in Ryan Tannehill's. And to be honest with you, they really didn't stop the running game, in my opinion. I didn't see where they did it. Now, maybe 
Maybe somebody else was watching. Maybe I was watching a different game than everybody else was. Maybe I did. Yeah, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry got maybe off to a little bit of a slow start. But then again, Derrick Henry missed what he had been out for weeks. But once Derrick Henry got going, Derrick Henry looked like Derrick Henry. And I saw Derrick Henry ball eight-yard eight game, nine-yard gains. He was doing this over and over again. And then at one point in time, you bring in Foreman, he bust off, what, a 53, 54-yarder, something like that. But then they try to get cute, and Ryan Tannehill, and Ryan had get picked off three times. Now, I know Ryan did throw a touchdown pass to A.J. Brown, but to be honest with you, I think that was more of the athleticism and the awareness of one A.J. Brown more than was Ryan Tannehill. But Ryan Tannehill had three interceptions. If, Ryan, if, they, if they would have stuck to the simple formula of running down the Bengals' throat, limit Ryan Tannehill's throwing, I mean, yeah, I can see that you want to maybe do a little play action, fake the Bengals out, try to hit A.J. Brown, maybe try to hit Julio Jones or somebody else. Then maybe, to me, you would have got a different result. I believe, I believe Tennessee could have won the game if they would have stuck to that simple philosophy. Now, Mike Vrabel is backing up his coach. He's backing up his offensive coordinator. And Mike should do that. I mean, you know, that's his job. He's going to back up his coordinator. Now, unless for some particular reason, maybe a day or two later, maybe Mike changes his mind and says, you know what, you're out of here. I get somebody else in here. But it gets very interesting in the offseason for the Tennessee Titans, number one. Number one, I know I think they've got a couple of offensive linemen that could be free agents and could be gone. I know Ben Jones, their center, I believe he's going to be a free agent in the offseason. I might be wrong on that. That's something they got to address. And I get it. Derrick Henry will be, will be back next season. A healthy Derrick Henry. A healthy Derrick Henry is a dangerous Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was want, was was running away with the uh, with the rushing title until the injury occurred. You still got A.J. Brown. Now, I don't know about Julio, what they're going to do with Julio next season. But Julio, they've got to, Julio's got to stay healthy. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to be, I, he's not going to be the Julio Jones that everybody expects from the Atlanta Falcons days. But he's got to be better. He's got to stay healthy. As far as an extra receiver, I can see him going to dip into the free agent pool and getting maybe, and getting somebody. I'm not saying you need a big, a, you don't need a big name receiver. Somebody that you can put in as a number three receiver. Heck, if you could, if, if you could bring in somebody, maybe you should go look at a guy like maybe a Dalton Schultz. I believe Dalton Schultz is a free agent. Maybe you can convince Dalton Schultz to come in and be your tight end. I'm just saying something like that. If you could do something like that, I'd bring Foreman back. I mean, Henry's a beast. Don't get me wrong. But let's bring a guy like Foreman back in. There's no problem giving the ball, Derrick Henry ball 20, 25, 10, 25 times a game. I'm all for it. But if Foreman played like he did, especially when he busts off that 53 or 54-yarder, and Foreman played well, Hitler didn't play that bad either. I said, but I would find a way to bring Foreman back and let him back up Derrick Henry. Maybe, you know, maybe Foreman can get maybe eight, nine, ten carries a game. But, yeah, you still want Derrick Henry to be the man, and he should, rightfully should be. But the biggest question is the Tennessee Titans going to be on the season is, 
what do you do? What are you going to do with Ryan Tannehill? And I know Tannehill is on a, on a you know, his contract. I don't know what his contract really is. But you're going to assume, for the sake of argument, they're going to bring Ryan Tannehill back. And Ryan has to get better. He's got to somehow shake this past year off, come back, and be the Ryan Tannehill that he was a couple of years ago. That he was at least the last two years. Not this year, but the year before. Because to be honest with you, he hasn't played that bad since he got him for the Miami Dolphins. Actually, Ryan has played well. Has played well enough, I should say. This year just wasn't a good year for Ryan Tannehill. But before that, he hadn't played that bad coming over from the Miami Dolphins. But to be honest with you, let's be honest with you, Tennessee Titans fans, it's quite simply put, the only competition you got is really the Indianapolis Colts in that division. Jacksonville's going to certainly got a ways to go. So does the Houston Texans. Both of them looking for new head coaches, too. And with the car and with the Colts, yeah, it's Carson. I mean, what are they gonna do about Carson Wentz? You've got an offensive line. You've got a, a very good running back in Jonathan Taylor. The Colts defense is not that bad by any stretch of imagination. It's a pretty decent defense. But the thing is, can you? Because really, the Colts are only, the only competition you've got. And for Tennessee, if you look at it all fit inside the ball. You need to re-sign Ben Jones. Get him, get re-sign your center Ben Jones. Get another offensive lineman. See if you can get Ford back in, and get you a third receiver from somewhere for agency. If you gotta draft somebody that you really believe that you can believe they can step in and be that good, or go get a tight end, sign uh, a tight end. Go draft a tight end or sign a tight end free agent. There's gonna be a few out there. Like I said earlier, Dalton Schultz. If you gotta go get somebody like that, go get him. Give Ryan Tannehill a couple more weapons, maybe. Because to be honest with you, Tennessee fans, there's a chance you can win the division again next year. You've got a great head coach in Mike Rabel. He's done a great, great job with the organization. There's no there's no denying that. He's got you in the playoffs. He's got you in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, I know the Tennessee fans, they want they want more. What or, what fan base organization doesn't want more and more from your team, right? Who doesn't? But the bottom line is, Tennessee is still going to be a viable contender in the AFC South, and they're still going to be a viable contender in the AFC, simply put. Now, the Bengals, I got to give... I'm going to give, I have to give a double its due. Again, they played well enough to win. They did, they did okay in the offseason. They didn't really fix the one problem they should have fixed on the offensive side of the ball, and that was the offensive line, and that is still a concern. I've been telling my viewers, my listeners, that is always going to be the problem. And, it, and, if it, and honestly, and honestly, Joe Burrow won the game despite that offensive line. Don't care what anybody says, he did. Trust me, if they could protect him more, Joe Burrow could have thrown for 400 yards if they protected him more. And the Jamar Chase, when they went and drafted him, looked like, looked like a good decision by the organization. The defense, which was horrible last year, 
played pretty decent this year. And actually, he played, didn't play too, too bad against the Tennessee. They did fine. They did fine as far as pass defense went. But I wasn't keen on the run defense. But in any event, the defense is better than it was last year, hands down. The special teams, especially when they drafted McPherson. McPherson, I think, he struggled in camp, struggled a little bit in the beginning of the season. But here lately, he's been putting clutch, clutch, clutch. He's been clutch. And that's what you want for your kick. That's what you want for your kicker. If you pay your kicker the big bucks, you want him to be a clutch kicker. And all, and all the kickers in the league can be maybe a Justin Tucker. But the point is, you want your kicker. You go out there, you spend money. And the Bengals, they went out and got a rookie. And the first one's come in, and he's played well of late. Now, you never know. It could come down again. They've got to go to Kansas City and play the Chiefs. And can, if it gets to be a tight game, a close game, can you rely on McPherson one more time? But the thing is, the Bengals have got to clean up that offensive line. Now, they haven't done it all year, and I don't believe they're going to do it against the Chiefs. The concern is, concern is, if the Tennessee sack them nine times. Does that mean Chiefs are going to sack them 15 times? That's a concern. The question to Chiefs is, can they stop Cincinnati's offense? Now, the Chiefs, the Bengals have played already. The Bengals, yes, the Bengals did win. Again, give the Bengals a difficult to do. But, can they do it? Now the problem is the Bengals are feeling they're feeling they're feeling their oats if you if so to speak. They're feeling the oats. Burrow's confident. Bengals are confident. Joe Burrow is very confident. Burrow has played well in his first two playoff games. They're confident. I mean some interviews will listen, they're confident, but can they be overconfident? And to me that's gonna be a concern for the Bengals. Are they gonna be overconfident? In the back of the mind, yes, they did beat the Kansas City Chiefs, but they're going to Kansas City, and they got to do it one more time. Again, I've always said I'd love to see in my lifetime the Bengals get back to a Super Bowl and actually win the thing. Well, here's the chance. Here's the opportunity. Kansas City has been, has been ticked off since last year's Super Bowl. I'm sure Kansas City is going to be is going to be ready to roll. You're going to have basically, as crazy as it sounds, the veteran group, the Kansas City Chiefs, who have been there and done that already. If they win, if they beat, go out and beat the Bengals, it'll be, be three straight Super Bowls they've been in. It's great, great stuff. Or can they upstart Cincinnati Bengals, be the team to beat Kansas City, and can they get the Super Bowl? Well, we'll find all that out on Sunday. But for the Bengals, Gentlemen, my best advice is pump the brakes. Don't get too overconfident. You go in there and you study every piece of film that you can study. Work hard because, gentlemen, you've gotten to this point. Don't blow it. Don't screw it up. Do what you got to do to beat the Kansas City Chiefs.
do whatever it takes to win. Kansas City Chiefs, they've been a great organization the last several years. But guys, it's time for somebody else to step up. It's time for new teams to step up and say, hey, it's not all Kansas City. Buffalo shouldn't get all the hype. Hey, we're the new kids on the block. We deserve something. And we shall see. But for the Cincinnati Bengals faithful and for the for the football team itself, guys, be ready for anything from Kansas City. Pump the brakes. Don't get overconfident. Go out there. Simply keep your mouth shut. Shut. Go on the field. Play your best ball. Beat them. Simply put it right. Hard to do. But if I'm Zach Taylor, that's exactly what I'm telling him. Shut up. Go play ball. Don't say anything that's going to piss them off. And and use this bulletin board material. Because the Bengals do have a few guys on the team that might be a little bit cocky maybe. But, again, my advice, pump the brakes. Go play some ball. Get it done. Now we'll jump into... Yeah, so we'll talk about the next game, the San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. I guess the question I gotta ask is, and you shake your head, and what is it with Green Bay? This is the third year in the group that Green Bay has come up short. Now, granted, they got the the last two NFC title games, and they couldn't pull it, and they could not pull it off. This year. The funny thing this year is defense was always a, an issue for the Green Bay Packers in years past. Well, on, <laughs> on Saturday, the defense really, really wasn't that much of an issue, really. I mean, sure, San Francisco ran the ball a little bit, but the problem is, if you really look at it, you know, San Francisco only scored, what, 13 points? You would figure if your if your defense can hold somebody to thirteen points, and you figure as good as an offense as the Green Bay Packers have, you would feel that they could have scored certainly more than thirteen points and got you that win, right? So to be honest with you, I can't say I, I can't blame the Green Bay Packers defense because it played well enough to the point where they should have won. Now, with Green Bay it comes two disappointments. Number one. You've got one of the best quarterbacks in football and Aaron Rodgers. And I'm sure on every talk show, uh, TV, you know, every sports radio show, podcast, so forth and so on, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is getting ripped apart. Now, I haven't listened to anybody's shows or podcasts or nothing like that today at all whatsoever. And I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is getting ripped up. And he kind of... And yeah, and he should, and that's the problem. Aaron should have scored more than 10 points. I mean, to be honest with you, you had Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon scored the only touchdown. I mean, the first first drive of the game, they went straight down on San Francisco and scored just like that. And when you're looking at it, it's okay, this might be, yeah, maybe San Francisco is finally bitten off a little more than they can chew. What happens? The offense stalls, and to be honest with you, the biggest play they had was a 75-yard pass to Aaron Jones that San Francisco defense missed a coverage on. 
But if you take but if you take that away, the offense didn't produce hardly at all. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones had a pretty decent had a pretty decent game. I can't blame Aaron Jones. Because right now Aaron Jones may be the best Aaron on the team. But Aaron played Aaron played well. I mean, yeah, he played well. AJ Dillon didn't play that bad either. The biggest thing was Aaron Rodgers did not produce. Now I know I think the, the offensive line it was kind of dinged up and banged up. And, you know, Joey Bosa and company did a pretty good job. Did a good job getting Aaron Rodgers. And I give the 49ers defense credit where it is due in that regard. But the problem is if you're Aaron but if you're Aaron Rodgers and you we don't know if Aaron will win the MVP or not. I know there's speculation, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. To be honest with you, I think somebody said, what was I believe it was Colin Cowherd was hyping the Joe Burrow bandwagon and maybe he should be the MVP. A nice thought. I don't believe that's not going to happen, but it's a nice thought. But the problem is if you have a chance to win, let's say you've got a possibility of winning a fourth MVP, but all you can do is score 10 points and you've only won one Super Bowl in your career. Now, granted, Aaron Rodgers won more, is one more, one more, that's one more Super Bowl than guys like the great Dan Marino did, or maybe guys like Dan Fouts did. Now, if you want to go in that direction, sure, I get you there. But to me, as great as Aaron Rodgers is, and he is, and he is, he's a future Hall of Famer. Make no mistake about it. If Aaron hangs around long enough and can produce as well as he has been, especially during the regular season, Hell, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers could have all the passing records if he wants to or if he thrives to do that. Well, that's if Tom Brady decides to finally retire. But he won't reach Tom Brady's seven Super Bowls. You would think maybe Aaron can get one more Super Bowl before he decides to hang it up. Now, I know Aaron Rodgers has come out publicly and has already said that he will be back next season. But where? Will he be back in Green Bay? would be on some other team. Now, certainly from Aaron Rodgers, it seems like his team is doing, it seems like that they are on par. There is no hard feelings. There has been good conversation. So for Green Bay fans, you figure, okay, that's great news. But Aaron Rodgers has got to take a lot of blame. Another thing is the special teams. The special teams play horrible. Mason Crosby, who has been the kicker in Green Bay for many, many years. I think it is now time to go out and find a new kicker and certainly clean up that special teams because the special teams didn't do you no favors. You need to clean the special teams up. Maybe a new special teams coach, I'm sure that is being thought of. Crosby's got to go. He's had a he's had a pretty he's had a pretty good career for the Green Bay Packers. But it's time to say goodbye to Crosby and get a new kicker in, in, in there. Now, Crosby's certainly used to playing in cold weather in the frozen tundra of Green Bay. But it's time to replace him and get somebody else, some fresh blood in there. I don't know if he drafts. I, I don't know if you go the draft route or you go free agency. Okay, maybe we can bring that kicker in, and maybe that kicker will be the difference maker. But to be honest with you, I don't blame the defense. 
I gotta I gotta shoulder the burden on that offense and special teams for the once for the one time in Green Bay's career. You can't do that. It did well enough. They did well enough to win. The offense could do the job. Now with San Francisco, San Francisco didn't do that bad of a job running the ball, which is pretty much their strength, their bread and butter. But the problem, but my biggest issue is, and I'm sure the biggest issue is Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy didn't play that good of a game. To me, the defense pretty much bailed Jimmy G out. Now, it's weird with Jimmy Garoppolo for the simple fact that he has a winning record. And without Jimmy Garoppolo, they have a horrible record without Jimmy Garoppolo. They do. The numbers back it up. And there's not saying the offense does have. The offensive line's not that bad. Trent Williams, I know I think he hurt his ankle. He could be questionable, very questionable for the NFC Championship game. But the offensive line's not that bad. Elijah Mitchell has been a, a blessing in disguise for a man they got with the sixth round out of BYU has been a blessing in disguise. They've always seemed to run the ball. It doesn't matter who they got back here. You look at Dabo has, has played out of his mind this year. Dabo has been a has played out of his mind. Brandon Ayuk, who got off to a slow start this year, he's picked it up. Oh, George Kittle, still one of the top tight ends in all this in all of football. But to be honest with you, at some point there were some things where even George Kittle dropped some passes. Jennings was dropping passes. Some of it, some of it. Couldn't be all laid on Jimmy Garoppolo. There were some drop passes where there could have been touchdowns. They could have been third downs converted to first downs. At some point in time in this game, a lot of it, you can't really blame it all on Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy put some passes out there. A lot of them got dropped. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, somebody said, well, maybe Trey Lance should have, should have started the game. No. Trey shouldn't have started the game because, to be honest with you, I don't think Trey would have beaten Green Bay. Jimmy barely green, beat Green Bay, but Jimmy was the right call. And Jimmy, Jimmy is, I'm sure he's still dinged up. He's shut out 100%, but he's going to play the Rams. And the last time, he came very close to beating the Rams last time. Can they do it again? I mean, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be totally shocked if some for some reason the 49ers, Jimmy G, find a way to make the Super Bowl. Wouldn't shock if they did, right? No, it wouldn't. But the thing is, Jimmy G is gonna have to is gonna have to step up his game. Everybody knows that 49ers forte is a running game. Can the Rams the Rams have the capability of stopping that running game and putting the ball in Jimmy Garoppolo's hands. Now whether Elijah Mitchell's going the ball, and I'm sure, I'm sure Dabo, I'm sure Dabo will probably, end up, I'm sure he'll play, and I'm sure that he will probably run the ball, who knows how many times he may run the ball 15, 20 times this game, and certainly catch his share of passes. But all the Rams got to do is pretty much simple: contain the running game, and let's see if Jimmy G can beat you, because that's probably going to be the Rams' strategy. And I don't blame them, and rightfully so. It should be their strategy. But for the 49ers, you know what? 
whether they've got a horseshoe on the sidelines or whatever the case may be, they continue to impress, they continue to surprise the world. Could they shock the world one more time? It would be I wouldn't be totally shocked if they beat to beat the Rams. Let's see. Let's see. I gotta give the 49ers the credit. And they deserve a clap. They beat the Green Bay Packers. But for Kyle Shanahan and company, we know the running game is still gonna be your forte. But Jimmy G has got to turn it. Has got to somehow turn into Tom Brady, or somebody, or 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 Patrick Mahomes, or maybe a Josh Allen. He's got to turn them overnight. And he's got to play better because it's gonna come a point in time when Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't play well. It's gonna cost you a football game. And it's come close. It came close against Dallas almost at one point, and it came close against Green Bay. But you're not going to put Trey Lance in. Not right now in the NFC Championship game. Now I'm sure if Jimmy G. I'm sure if Jimmy G. ends up winning this game. If he somehow gets into the Super Bowl. What does the 49ers do? Do you say, wait a minute, maybe we need to keep Jimmy another year. Or does that enhance Jimmy's trade value? We'll get into the NFC Championship game. Even if they lose... That enhances his value, probably, just for getting to that point. Even though he's been shaky. But for the 49ers faithful, you're the NFC Championship game. You've done, you've done an excellent job. Kyle Shanahan has done a fine job. John Lynch has done a good job building that team. Let's see if we can take it one more step. Now with the Rams and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, <laughs> the Los Angeles Rams, I got to say this. For those Ram fans, and I know Matthew Stratford, he gets, he gets busted up quite a bit when he was in Detroit. Matthew can't do this. Matthew can't do that. How come Matthew couldn't get us a playoff win or he couldn't do this or he couldn't do that? And I'm sure some of the Detroit faithful said, well, wait a minute. When the deal was made, it looked like a steal for the Rams because you traded Jared Goff for Matthew Stratford. And make no mistake about it, Matthew Stratford certainly has got a much better arm than Jared Goff. That's not, that goes without saying. But you got to remember, the Rams just have a better overall team. Matthew went to that better overall team. The offensive line's not that bad. Now, granted, they lost Cam Akers in the beginning of the season, but Daryl Henderson stepped in. Sonny Michelle stepped in when he needed to be and done the job. And Cooper Cup, my gosh, Cooper Cup had a career year. And I've said on this podcast, maybe he's the one that should be the MVP, really, not Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Robert Woods. Now, Robert Woods and Stratford didn't get off to the greatest start in the world, but as the season went on, it got better. When Robert got hurt, Odell Beckham steps in. Now, I know that Skip Bayless says that Odell's like, what, the fourth best receiver on the team. And right now, Odell's probably number two, man. He's not four. He's number two. Cup's one. Beckham is two. I think Higby, Tyler Higby, might be number three. But everybody's got an opinion on that, right? 
but Matthew Strafford. Matthew Strafford has been a good pickup. Yes, Matthew Strafford's had games where you sit there and you scratch your head. So, Matthew, what are you doing? Why'd you throw the ball, that ball? But to be honest with you, Matthew Strafford helped get them to the NFC Championship game because I really don't believe Jared Goff would have got him there. Matthew Strafford was a step up and he proved to be a step up. Now, if Matthew can get him one more step into the Super Bowl, because the Super Bowl is going to be played in L.A., oh my gosh, the sky will be the limit. So that, that, trade, looked, that trade looked great for the Rams. We all know the Rams don't mind making those trades, right? And defensively, the Rams got talent on defense. There's Donald, there's Ramsey, who went out and got Don Miller. The Rams made all these trades and made all these deals because they felt they could get to the point they're about to get to right now. And rightfully so, they are there in the NFC Championship game. Sean McVay is one, of the, is one of the more brilliant young coaches in this league. It's hard to believe he's, what, 35, 36 years old? That's hard. That's, that's even hard to believe in its own right. But the Rams are there. Now, the Rams, the Rams, in the game, they put their foot on the gas at first, and they were going to run right, right through the Buccaneers. But then some reason, the foot came off the pedal, Stratford started messing up a little bit, and all of a sudden here comes Tom Brady from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and right on cue they came back, but the but the Rams were able to hold on the last second field goal, which that seemed to be a that seemed to be a theme this week, right, or just about. As far as Rams moving forward is concerned, yes, Matthew Stratford's going to limit his mistakes. Certainly, Matthew can throw can have a four touchdown game. But they can come back and throw one touchdown, throw three picks. For them to step forward, Matthew Strafford has got to ease back. He's got to be able to throw three touchdowns, no I, no INTs. He's got to do that. They've got to be able to run the ball more. Let Cam Akers, let Sonny Michelle, let them split carries. Now, I know Cam, I believe he had 24 carries. I don't think he had that many yards, like 48 yards. I think he did throw, throw some receiving yards in. Sony didn't run the ball that much. My advice to Sean McFay, if you go run the ball, even it out. I mean, I give Cam Akers all the credit in the world. He came back. He came back from that injury to play this season and right into the playoffs. That's great. That's great. But don't overdo it. Split the carries. Do that. And my advice to any deep, my advice to San Francisco's defense, I don't care if you got a triple cover, Cooper Cup, somebody's got to do a better job in covering Cooper Cup because that was Tampa Bay, that was one of the biggest things Tampa Bay could not do was cover Cooper Cup. You know, I think, I think there was a stat that was put up, I believe, where actually during the regular season and the playoff games, I believe he, he was over 2,000 receiving yards, I think. I believe I could be wrong on that. I believe I've read that somewhere. I think Larry Fitzgerald was like number two, like during one season. But Cooper Cup, my advice is somebody better find a way to cover Cooper Cup. Now the Rams defense, it played well at first, but for some reason it started started slacking up a little bit. 
Rams defense, it's talented, but it's got to be consistent. Now, the biggest thing with Tampa Bay is this. I guess the buzz in Tampa Bay is this. Oh, my gosh, is Tom coming back? Now the buzz is he's coming back. Now, Tampa Bay struggled, but then again, all of a sudden, the right, yeah, the Buccaneers defense started playing a little better. Tom picked it up. Tom put the foot on the gas. Tom almost brought him back. But at the end of the day, Tom Brady couldn't play defense. And the Bucs made some questionable defensive calls, especially the one with Cooper Cup. Why'd you sit there? You know, because Cooper Cup went nuts on you. You know he's the best receiver. You should have done a better job of covering him, period. But the Bucs, the Bucs offense, it struggled at first, and then it started playing better ball. Now I get it. The offensive line was dinged up. Fournette just came back this past week. He was probably not 100%, but he didn't do that bad of a job. Now, the biggest thing with him is the weapons. Yeah, Mike Evans is still there, but Chris Godwin's not there. Antonio Brown's gone. And yes, you had Gronkowski, and Brady did rely on Gronkowski. And I don't blame, and it's hard to blame Tom because you take a look at the success that they, those two have had going back to New England days. Tom trusts Rob with everything. But to be honest with you, other than Mike Evans and maybe Rob Gronkowski, how much did Tom Brady really trust a lot of the weapons? Because if he took Evans out and he took Gronkowski out, now he probably rely, he probably, and I'm sure he would, he trusts his limited format for what he done last season. But the biggest issue with them is the defense did not, did not step up the game. The defense played extremely, extremely well last last season, and that was a big reason why they won the Super Bowl, was that defense, because it was that defense that put the pressure on Patrick Mahomes. And it was the biggest reason why they really won the Super Bowl last year, was that defense. This time around, the defense could not pick it up. They could not do it. Then that was their, that was the biggest issue. And it wasn't Tom Brady. Tom Brady, when he needed to step it up, he did. But when the defense needed to step it up, they could not do it. Now, I know the biggest thing with him would be would be the offseason. Will Tom Brady come back? Tom Brady's now thinking after all these years, I've won seven Super Bowls. I'll be 45 years old by the beginning of next season. But Tom might be looking back in another way. He says, wait a minute. My offensive game, there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be going off of the Tampa Bay team. You can't keep everybody like you did this past season. The offensive line, maybe that stays intact. But then again, Ronald Jones is gone. Who knows? I don't know Leonard Fournette's contract stats, but he could be gone. Sure, Mike Evans will be there. But Chris Goblin's probably going to be gone. He had that ACL. He's got to recover from that. He'll probably be gone. Somebody else will spend the money on him. Well... If Brady's going to think about retiring, Gronkowski's going to retire probably, right? Sure, you got Brady, sure, you got Howard still. But he start thinking, yeah, and you might lose some players off that defense. The defense didn't. The defense at times this year did not play well, and there were times he did, but they're going to start losing players. And if you're Tom Brady, you're thinking to yourself, I don't know, maybe this is the time, because we're not going to be able to keep this player, that player, this player, that player. 
Maybe Thomas figured this is it. This is finally the way out once and for all. And I gotta wonder, you know, Bruce, Bruce Aarons' health in the past has been questionable. He's had some health issues. You gotta wonder if he sets back and Tom leaves and this player leaves and that player leaves. Well, Bruce Aarons says, you know what? I won my Super Bowl as a coach. I'm out of here. For Tampa Bay fans, it becomes a huge concern of what's going to happen next season. Tampa Bay's got a questionable all season. And they almost, almost pulled it off. But they didn't. And you have to give the Rams the devil it's due. They found a way. They pulled it off. Now for the final game the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, at first, they got off to a slow start. Let's be honest. But actually, both defenses were playing well in the beginning, the very beginning. And then all of a sudden, it became the shootout at the OK Corral. It was Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Allen, Mahomes, Allen. That's about what it was the whole game. Then all of a sudden, both teams forgot forgot how to play defense. And it was the offense. It was the offense just showing the Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. At the end, can't say it was just too much for Buffalo. Now, Kansas State's defense has never been the greatest defense in the world. Now, I'm not surprised that Josh Allen went out there and he threw four touchdown passes. You passed for 300-plus yards, ran for X and O's. Yeah, Josh Josh Allen couldn't have played any better than he did. So you can't blame Josh Allen because Josh lit the world on fire. He proved he proved in that moment that he, that he is a, a top-notch quarterback moving forward for years in the NFL. You can't blame Josh Allen. He did what he had to do to win the game. I mean, my gosh, the man drove him right down the field and left 13 seconds on the clock. Josh probably figured, hey, I've got the number one ranked defense in the NFL this year. It's only 13 seconds left. They're bound to find a way to stop Patrick Mahomes. And at the end of the day, they couldn't do it. They drive down the field to tie the game up. And I'm sure Josh Allen sitting on the sidelines says, what do I have to do? When they lost the coin toss, Patrick Mahomes drove straight down the field on that number one defense, and it won the game. So, for Buffalo faithful, you can't blame Josh Allen. Now, my biggest thing is the running game wasn't exactly the greatest in the world at times this year. I mean, Josh Allen at times was, was a leading rusher. Now, I do like Devin Singletary. I still I still like Devin Singletary, and I don't see you getting rid of him. But you need to find you need to find some stability. There's gotta be some balance somewhere. The running game has got to be worked on some way, some shape, and some in some form. You've got to work on that. Now the offensive line at times this year looked good, at times it looked bad. It has to be more consistency in the offensive line. 
There's nothing. I mean, Stephon Diggs, to me, Stephon, if you look at his numbers, it wasn't as good as it was last year. But Stephon Diggs is still one of the better receivers in this league. You don't think, I don't know, I don't believe in being a snapping back. You still got Cole Beasley. Gabriel Davis was, was the man in the playoffs. He was the man that Kansas City could not really stop. They could probably do something with everybody else, but they could not do something with Gabriel Davis. And Josh Allen's got confidence in him. I can see Gabriel coming back around now. I got a feeling Gabriel, Gabriel should have more of a advanced role next season, if you want to say. Dawson Knox made leaps and bounds this year. So to be honest with you, the offense is not really the biggest issue in the world for them, but they need to upgrade the running game one way, shape, or form. Maybe no offensive lineman, but the biggest problem was, was that defense. The defense that was number one ranked in all the NFL this year could not stop Patrick Mahomes when they needed to the most. Again, fans, it ain't Josh Allen's fault. Josh did what he had to do to win the game. If Josh Allen could have played defense, maybe that would have been a difference. But he couldn't. And that's something that Leslie Frazier is going to have to really sit back. And you have to wonder, with that performance, did it really call, could it have cost Leslie Frazier a possible head coaching job? I don't know. I can't get in general managers' heads and actually tell you that's what they're thinking. I don't know. But for Josh Allen, he did everything he could do to win that game. If you look on the flip side, the thing about Kansas City is this. Kansas City's defense, I can't say Kansas City's defense stepped up when he needed to the most because, to be honest with you, Josh Allen ran down the field on him. And that's the biggest thing. Kansas City's defense has always been a question mark. It will continue to be a question mark. Now, Patrick Mahomes played like Patrick Mahomes. I get it, Patrick Mahomes struggled at, at some points this season. I get you there, and I understand you. But when Patrick Mahomes needed to step up and be that guy, he was that guy. And he certainly proved it. He certainly proved it. Now, my biggest concern, again, we go back to the running game. That's the biggest concern for me is the running game. Now, Clyde Edwards Eclair, he came back. But to be honest with you, since the draft in LSU, he's had sparks, but he hasn't really been the man that he everybody thought he was. The best, the best running back thus far has been has been McKenna, which I thought McKenna was a pretty good pickup for the Kansas City Chiefs. I thought he was a surprise pickup. I thought he fit the system. Now, the Chiefs have given credit. They need to work on the offensive line for what the Bucks did to him in the Super Bowl last year. And congratulations. They did what they had to do. They worked on the offensive line. They made some draft picks. And the offensive line did play better at times this year. But then again, there were times they kind of reverted back. Now, but it was better. It was improved. Still got Tyreek Hill. I get it. Travis Kelsey's still there. I get it. But the biggest thing is they never found, they never had never, never found a number two receiver to go with Ter with Tyree Hill. There was games of Hill. There were some games of Hill didn't put up the greatest numbers in the world. But I think he was like third or fourth in, in receiving yards this past season. But teams, but teams 
took away Der took away Hill. If you had Hill, you had Kelsey. The teams when they took away Kelsey and Hill both. If you take them out of the equation, a lot of teams go say, "Okay, well, is uh, Robinson going to beat me? Is uh, Nicole Hardman is he going to beat me? Or is Pringle? It was Pringle. Is it, can he can he beat me? Because if you take Hill and you take Kelsey out." Those guys are going to have, to have to have those guys are going to, have to find a way to beat you, and that's a lot of teams. What a lot of teams do, and I don't blame the strategy. You should do that as your strategy. Can those guys beat you? Does Mahomes have the confidence in those guys to step up and do it? Hardman had some big plays this game. Pringle had some plays down the stretch for the season, but can you do it? The biggest thing is. Is the Chiefs' defense can it can it eventually step up? The problem is, and I'm sure the problem is, Patrick Mahomes still believes deep down inside he has got to go out there and put 40 plus points on the board because he doesn't know if his deep he can rely on his defense. He might score 40, he might score 45, and the defense and his defense might give up 46, 47 and lose the game. And was, was, was Patrick putting pressure on himself? Yeah, he was early in the season. I think he, Patrick, Patrick's come out and said that. But on a side note, I do give Patrick Mahomes credit where it is due. I loved it when he did the interview towards the game. He says Josh Allen simply played his, his butt off, but that's not the exact term he used. But I do give Patrick Mahomes credit. As they, what's that old expression? Game recognizes game. Patrick Mahomes recognizes it and respects Josh Allen for it. But the problem is, deep down inside, does Josh, does Patrick Mahomes have, have, does he, shall we say, have the confidence? Does he trust? Does he believe his defense has game? Because to be honest with you, I don't know. I don't think they have game. And I think eventually, it's going to be an issue. It's going to be a problem at some point. Could it be a problem in the AFC Championship game this Sunday? It's hard to say. Could be. It could be. But then again, the Bengals' offensive line is not that great. And Kansas City can do, can put pressure on you. And I feel Kansas City can do that in this game. And can Patrick Mahomes, can he survive? Another nine-sack game. Now, I believe Kansas City can probably do at least six or seven sacks. Don't know about the nine, but they can produce six or seven. And that's going to be a concern. How much longer can Kansas City, can against Kansas City defense, can it hold up? Will it hold up against Cincinnati? If it gets to the Super Bowl, can it hold up against who are they face? That's the issue. That's the problem. Patrick Mahomes continue to be Patrick Mahomes in the offense. It will somehow figure a way to keep rolling right along. But can the defense stop somebody when it needs to the most? To me, it really couldn't stop Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes, it was just the offense stepped up and did what he did had to do. But the bottom line is the defense has got to step the, step the game up or it's going to cost them Maybe they've championship game. 
maybe call us in the Super Bowl. That's all for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Um, take care, and I will see you again very soon.